bursting through the electric hymen and spreading its filthy seed, it is another episode of Beware the Hairy Mango. Man, I'm getting sucky at that twice a week thing, aren't I? My only defense is that it's everyone and everything else's fault. I have to tell you, gang, I'm skipping some nifty stories from my blog just because they don't seem quite right for this show. If you want to read them, head over to the1000.blogspot.com, which I mention every episode, but which I suspect you ignore each week like you ignore that lonely donate button. If you want to follow along on the blog, we're working our way through August of 2006 at the moment. Enjoy. Lock up your brass and flush the key, my Jim Dandies. I was reminded of today's story in a truck stop bathroom outside of Birmingham, Alabama, which for two minutes and seven seconds, one evening late last month, sounded like tuba tryouts at my old elementary school. Yes, you may have read about this one in the paper when it happened. It's the Nelson's Tart Brass Band War of 1983. The Nelson's Tart Brass Band War of 1983 by Matthew Sanborn Smith. On an unusually warm spring day in 1983, the population of the small town of Nelson's Tarp, North Dakota, erupted, without reason, into one of the strangest cases of mass hysteria on record. The circumstances surrounding the battle defy rationality to the point that many armchair investigators cannot put forth a theory that doesn't involve paranormal motivations. The morning of April 14th began normally enough in the largely agrarian community. By dawn, the cows had already been milked and the plowing of the cornfields was underway in preparation for late April planting. At approximately 9 a.m., two groups of students, one at the town's only high school and one at the junior high, suddenly stormed their respective band rooms and ran from their buildings with every last available brass instrument. At the same time, six miles away, the employees of the Responsible Allies Insurance Company made their way into Max's Music Delight, held the owner at bay with a high-powered stapler, and stole Max Shum's entire stock of brass. One hour later, insurance agents and students met in the middle of Main Street outside of the Woolworths, formed two distinctly new groups, and began pelting and bludgeoning each other with flugelhorns, trombones, tubas, and all other manner of brass. Police were on the scene, having been alerted of the thefts, but were unable to maintain order. Nelson's Tarp was a tight-knit community, and for the most part, the officers were not prepared to use excessive force on children and people they had known their entire lives. The local force, however, put themselves in harm's way and did their best to disarm the combatants. Twelve minutes into the melee, fighting abruptly ceased, and those members of the two factions who were still standing came together once more and attempted a 46-second rendition of Louie Louie on the remaining beaten and blood-soaked horns. All of the participants then threw themselves to the ground and wept uncontrollably until they were taken away by emergency vehicle or school counselor. Twenty-two people were injured, including two police officers. All of those involved had clear recollections of the incident. All claimed that they were fully aware of their actions as they were being taken, and were also convinced that their actions were entirely reasonable, but were unable to explain them afterward. The mystery remains unsolved to this day. As a side note, Max Shum was fully covered by the very insurance company whose employees had robbed him. He invested the claim money in acoustic guitars and flutes, which he said, if it came right down to it, seemed like they would be less painful than a euphonium to the head. Ah, if music be the food of flash riots, play on. You can tenderize this and other meaty stories at my wonderfulest blog, which I mention here, even though I mentioned it at the beginning of the show and you're still not going to visit there, the1000.blogspot.com, or chew them 32 times each right here at BewareTheHairyMango.com. Howl at the sun on the comments for this post or in an email to me at Matthew at BewareTheHairyMango.com. 
Plump it up the orange wedgie to subscribe to this podcast or fondle iTunes for like results. If any of my listeners are facing execution soon, I would really appreciate it if your last words were, Hey everybody, listen to Beware the Hairy Mango at BewareTheHairyMango.com. This love is for sale, as you'll see when you tap the donate button on the left of the homepage. The mango must feed. This podcast itches with the rash of a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, 3.0 United States license. Until I get around to it, this is Matthew Sanborn-Smith, all tasty and tan, saying revenge is sweet and revenge is a dish best served cold. Revenge is just like ice cream. Oh boy. Good night.